And we are finally back. Uh, we do apologize for the two or so months that we just had to take off our little hiatus, vacation, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, life happens, but we're back and we got a bunch of amazing guests lined up and we have a few announcements. And speaking of amazing guests, we're starting it off with a great guest, comedian Jared Freed. You may know him from appearing on Sirius XM, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, podcasts like History Hyenas, Girls Gotta Eat, The Burt Cast. Uh, he, he has a TED Talk. I mean, the kid is everywhere. And if you follow him on social media, then you know he is the board lord. And we get into that as well as dating advice and a bunch of other wild stuff. And Jared is going to be at the Wilbur Theater next month, November 12th. There is two shows for that one. The first show is sold out. Can't get into that one. A second show was added and tickets are still available for that second show at the Wilbur Theater on November 12th. Go check it out at jaredfree.com and grab your tickets before that second show is also sold out. All right, without further ado, let's get to comedian Jared Freed. If it was illegal to say stupid things into a microphone. Why must you be so stupid? These guys would be doing life without parole. Hey, everybody, we're back from prison. Why do we keep encouraging this kind of behavior? It's the Breaking the Ice podcast with Josh Dolan. You know, we could, like, go to jail for this. Along with Mike Shue and Isaiah Moscahanna Bonsa Mana Blitz Boskowitz. Whatever the hell his name is. Is Isaiah joining us? He's not. Um, <clears throat> he he was going to, but right now he is dealing with a kidney stone. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> he called me yesterday and he was like, dude, I'm on morphine. Oh, I'm, I'm basically. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. I've thankfully never had to deal with that. In Richmond, uh, I worked at an alternative station doing mornings and, uh, the country station next door, the, the host name was catfish, <laughs> super nice, you know, redneck guy. And, um, he had one, one morning I walked into the bathroom and he was howling like a, like a horny cat. Oh God. He was in labor. And I was like, what's the matter, man? He goes, I had this goddamn kidney stone. And oh God. I was like, Jesus Christ. All right. I'll just leave you to it. <laughs> You know, it's so <laughs> sucks getting old, man. How's everything been going, man? It's been going good, you know? I mean, just working. I went to see Iron Maiden last night, so I'm working on, like, maybe two hours of sleep. My ears are still ringing, you know? <laughs> Bruce Dickinson's still in my ear going, ah, scream for me, Worcester! Awesome show. Massive show. Now, huge. did you drink tons of Iron Maiden beer? I did not. No. I did not. No. No, I took <laughs> it easy because I knew I had to get up early. I've learned my lesson. So, oh, have I'd, you? That's, I had one beer last night. Yeah, that's uh. How do you? I I don't know how to do that. It's called um maturity. Oh, or, <laughs> or I think it's called being not an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> yeah, that might be it too. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned. It took me a long time to learn, though. I'm still so, learning. I'm, right. I'm starting to get worried about myself. Like, and when me and my wife go to a restaurant, if somebody gets up and they haven't finished their beer, it like it it annoys me and I can't stop thinking about it. I'm do you like, go and do you go and finish it? Cause that's a sign it. of a real alcoholic when you're finishing drinks that people put down <laughs> at the bar when they leave. 
No, I, I've, I've never actually done that, but I mean, I've, I've stared at it. And then even when they come and clear it away, I'm like, I, I know it, it still had beer in it and I can't stop thinking about it. And I'm like, what kind of serial killer was Jeffrey Dahmer just eating next to us? He's, well, Jeffrey Dahmer would finish the beer, but yeah, he would finish the beer in like five seconds. That guy could pound a Budweiser, huh? Jesus. You watch that show. Oh Yeah. Yeah, fantastic, creepy. I did. I can. I couldn't binge it though. I was so exhausted at the end of every episode. You know, yeah, because it was just so disturbing. And he's so he talks so soothing. It kind of puts you to sleep. You know. Yeah, he's got that weird, you know, <laughs> northern Midwest kind of thing, kind of hypnotic. Yeah, he really does sound like a nice guy. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely go home with him. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you want to take pictures? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Artful pictures. Nothing weird. You got it. So what's that drum in your room? Right. Hello. <laughs> there Jared. he is. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on? We're what's just up, talking Jared? about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you have time Something to watch bad. television? Do you watch did you watch any of that series at all? I haven't. I it's I I I can't it's tough for me to get into like the some of these shows feel like they're being presented to me like they're books. Like that I have to read. Like, I don't, like, they, they're as daunting as a book would be. Right. Like, they're like, oh, you got to get into the Jeffrey Dahmer kills everyone and eats people. <laughs> and by episode 17, you're going to be into it. But until then, it's a little slow and, you know, it's going to take you, you know, seven days to watch. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. I want to watch dumb stuff. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want the thoughtful you know, like trip down anxiety lane that that presents to me. And the character well, just, building. Yeah, yeah just, to let just you give know. me stupid, dumb TV. I, I'm and sick the, of this. You got to watch it. You got, I don't know. I, I, and then they all become this mountain to climb. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't need to do it. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem enjoyable to me, but I'm sure it's a wonderful show. <laughs> well, in the first, in the first five minutes, he, um, he drills a hole into somebody's head, pounds a Budweiser in five seconds, brings home, uh, brings home a guy and handcuffs him and then, uh, and then gets arrested by the police. So, you know, it starts strong. It starts strong. <laughs> yeah. I, for some, I, I guess if that's what you're looking for on your yeah, Monday you know. night when you're trying to come down and relax after work. I, Character I don't building very quick. It's right. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he chops off someone's arm, gnaws on it, arrested, uh, yells at the camera that you, you should talk to your mom more. Like, I, that seems like blood <laughs> pumping that I don't need at that hour. Like, I'm trying to, like, relax. I'm trying to go to, like, I like the Star Wars and Marvel stuff. I've gotten into that. I never read the comics, never watched Star Wars growing up. And now, like, that stuff, at least, like, what I like about it, and I guess it's maybe pandemic, from the pandemic, it's like I get to leave this world and go somewhere else. It's probably right. why nerds liked it so much. You know, like they hated high school. They hated middle school. They're like, let me take my brain to this other world where I don't have to be thrown into a locker. And I have that here where I like to go to Andor and watch, you know, Rogue One and go to another planet where I don't have to listen to someone go, you got the vaccine. Look at the wear the mask. You know, the, talk about that stuff. So, like, let right. me get away from this shit. Right. Exactly. That's what, and that's what entertainment should be. Right. You know, but some people's entertainment is like just making reality harder 
to deal with. Some people right, find entertainment in that. You know? you know, that's because the work at home thing. You know, we work from home. We go, we deal with very little stimuli. We, we deal with very little variables, most people. Um, and they go, give me all of that from the safety of my couch. You know, I leave right. the house every night. I go do shows every night. I'm on stage every night. Every night, there's a new drunk person who's like trying to pay their tab while I'm trying to talk about my relationship. And, you know, I have to deal with that variable. So I have that in spades, you know? I yeah. got to say, though, Andor started kind of slow, man. It's like exactly what you described for me. And I love the same stuff. You all, all the stuff right. you mentioned, I love that stuff. I'm a comic book nerd. Um, you know, I love science fiction. It seemed like leading up to the last episode, this last episode, which was amazing, the right. whole the whole battle scene and, and everything, it's it started to get kind of slow for me. I, you know? I, I, I guess what I've read, and I agree with you, is it, they do this like, three episode arc i read that this guy's whole strategy is like build build third show third episode is always going to be the big action so it, it is funny that like this audience because I, I i'm such like a new person to that whole world like the star wars marvel world so now it shows up in my tiktok feed of like these people that talk about it and they're so mad by anything surprising them and so again right, it's like the yeah. opposite of the person who wants like like these people just want give me darth vader give me lightsaber good guy beating bad guy and they so it is funny that they're like i'm sure marvel or disney is like trickling out like don't worry you're gonna get your action like in the third episode every time don't worry little guy you know and everyone's just such a fucking baby you know have you been? Have you watched um, She-Hulk: Attorney at Law? At Loved all? it. Loved oh, it. Oh, I know. And fun. that's it's like it's just what you talked about. They make fun right. of not only themselves but of the audience. Right. And I think yeah. from what and, and then again, like I go back and read people's opinions on it who are like comic. I like reading the comic book nerd opinion, you know. And I say that lovingly and glowingly. But you, they go, yeah, this is kind of what this comic book always was. Like it was always self-referential. It was always like poking fun at the universe, at the Marvel universe. And it's like, awesome, do it. I don't care what it is. Just keep me in this world where superheroes are here and no one is saying, look, they wore a mask. They must be, you know, this type of person. Like I, I'm right. so sick of that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> those conversations are hilarious because it reminds me of Boston sports talk radio. Right, right. You're the not totally same right. exact thing. It's just replaced with a different topic. Same vibe. It's the same <laughs> energy. It's the same like you know, it's it's Butch from the Cape calling in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's the same arguments as the comic book nerds, right? Right. You know, right. it's either it's either like, well, She-Hulk didn't wear those kind of shoes and she got her powers from gamma ray radiation. Or it's like, you know, I can't believe they're going to do, you know, they're going to do replay in baseball. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't believe he changed his stance. You, you know, changed or the thing that I always thought was one way, but it wasn't even that way at all. You know, like, right. <laughs> you know, like we're making childhood shows for adults, too. That's the problem, too. Like people want the same wonderment and amusement they had when they watch like star wars is for 11 year olds it's for a 12 year old <laughs> kid like and so everyone's like well i need it for me but now i'm 40 and right. you're like i and I, you go i don't know how i can help you man like i i you know we'll give you 
Like, I don't know. We can give you a a a, a lightsaber um, fucking you know uh, pocket pussy. You know, and, and do <laughs> it that a great way. Idea. I don't know. That's actually a really good idea. That's I'm probably sure, been done. I am sure that exists. There's no yeah, that's got to be that's got to be out there because they're. I'll the, check. Uh, I'll check Spencer's right now. Yeah, don't, yeah. I don't want to Google that. You Google. It. <laughs> I want your. I want your ads fucked up, not mine. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. You're gonna be <laughs> at the. Uh, you're gonna be at the Wilbur. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, November 12th, and I just watched your TED Talk today. Oh, thank you. And um, first of all, I don't think I've talked to anybody who's done a TED Talk. And when I saw that you had done a I'm TED Talk- I'm basically a doctorate now. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're now can, you're officially an expert. Yeah. I thought it Put was a joke. Put on your graduation thought, gowns. A right, TED yeah. Talker is here. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like some elaborate, like, wow, those graphics look really real. Like, this looks right. like a real TED Talk, you know? <laughs> And the, there's there's two questions I have about that. One is sure. everybody who does the TED Talk, do they have to wear the yes. Britney Spears microphone? They don't let you hold a microphone? They, I mean, I would have been the first one to want a microphone, but they tell you, you got to wear the headset. Really? It's, it's um, And there's an element of a, that be, makes it freeing. And that's why I think also if they... If they made you, if they gave you the option, then you would it would have a different sound and different cadence. Yeah. Like I think that like affects your cadence because you start talking with both of your hands and you start, you know, using the hands to enunciate certain words. So I think it keeps it uniformed a little bit, to be honest. But I I I never really I was entering their world. I got invited. So Ted Ted has there's a main TED talk place. I, I'm again. This is like Marvel, Disney type of stuff. Like I'm new to this world. Like I, uh, my my manager, as douchey as that sounds, he's a huge TED talk fan. And they and so there's TED and then there's TEDx. TEDx is an independently run version of TED. So I think they. I don't know how closely related they are, except for the name. Like, I think they kind of feed into maybe you could get into TED or you could use one of your TEDx's. So I did a TEDx in Reno and they're an independently run thing. So they do, they have performer spots at the end of each segment. And I was invited as a performer. And I think the reason they do that is it's an all day event. It's 30 people giving talks that are 10 to 15 minutes each. You buy one ticket to come and it's a long day. There's a lunch break and the people that are there are like very, you know, you can tell that they're, they're the type you, again, you make assumptions about people in mass. You make assumptions about people who like Ted talks. They look exactly how you think they would look. <laughs> and, you know, in this specific one was Reno and Reno, Nevada is like, I mean, it is. Hooker central. I mean, that's what they tell you that it, it's, it's the time that it's the land that time forgot. It's, it's very, it's like, it's like Nevada's answer to Atlantic city. It's it, you know, there's right. just, it's, it's stuck in a certain time, but like. Nick Swartzen is rollerblading around. Yeah. yeah, right. Everyone's just, everyone, the whole thing. So I was slotted as a performer because I think they want to keep up the energy so one was a musician in the first segment. The second segment was a fellow comedian, Liz Mealy, who's hilarious. And then I was the end of the third segment. And as a performer, you're allowed to do whatever you want because the idea is they're basically saying to you, we're not going to pay, we'll pay your travel, we'll pay your, your accommodations, but we won't pay you. You're getting paid in 
our YouTube traffic and you get to have this now this this video. So it's like stand up comedy for a lot of years. Well, that's that's a big well, that's the, that's how they draw on a stand up comedian, because now you're going to get not just a video, but a good video. You're going to get like a clean right. clip and it looks great. And you're on this big stage and it's a big audience. So a lot of comics do it and just do stand up. I didn't know that that was an option. I didn't really <laughs> think of it that way. I was like, I'm going to do a TED talk because I have a dating and relationships podcast. I talk about dating and relations. I've been talking about it for about uh, more than a decade. I've been taking emails from people going through all levels of the dating world and dealing with technology and dating and how those intersect and how you can't really go to your parents for advice because they didn't meet on hinge and then like each other's Instagram pictures. And what does that mean? You can't go to your parents for that advice. So I've been talking about this for a long time. And I was like, I, and I think the conversation gets taken over by the extremes as do most things that we just talked about. And so I've always had a level headed, or I think a reasonable conversation about dating has always happened on my podcast. And that doesn't get you very popular very quickly, but it's built a nice audience and it's doing well now. So I went in with the idea of, I will talk about the thing in dating I see the most. And it's that um, women look for direct answers, want, want an on off switch to their answers and they very little times are they trusting their feelings and that's what the whole ted talk was about so so they thought wait d so they thought you were going to go up and just do stand-up but then then so. you did you surprise them and say hi i'm a dating expert and they're like oh wait a minute <laughs> wait, whoa, 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 wait. it's too late you couldn't stop people are already into right. it right they're like no 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 stop don't don't get this sentimental we didn't bring you here for this yeah i i talked about and i'm not a dating expert i'm a dating uh, opinionist and I because I don't really believe that there are dating experts and if right. someone says they are they're trying to make money off of you um I'm still trying to make money off of you but just less um <laughs> in a fun so, way. yeah in a fun you're gonna laugh um but um yeah I get I don't think they knew what I was gonna do they thought I was just gonna do stand-up and I just went up and I was like I, and as you saw I start with I've been giving dating advice for over a decade and people are generally shocked by that right and I think that's great because you're not like a psychologist, you know, you didn't study the human psyche, you know, you're talking from experience and then from the experience of the other people that you talk to about it, like on the podcast and stuff like that. So I think right. to me, that's like, I'd rather believe, like if I heard a commercial mm. and it was like the guy running the auto body shop and he did the commercial as opposed to like, some guy is saying, come on down and get your car fixed. I tend right. to believe the guy, the owner, because he sounds like a regular guy right. who's actually hands-on, who's done it and talked about it. So that's why I see like you, you're an opinionist, you're not an expert, but at the same time, I, I'd pay more attention to you. You do it in a more entertaining way too, but it's like I'd, I'd kind of tend to believe you than someone who like made it their job. Right. You know I mean? uh, I'm the auto mechanic of the dating world. There you uh, go. As I <laughs> often say, I... I agree with you. And I guess that's the point. I'm not an expert. I'm someone in this and who has been in it. And when I was in college and, and I'm single now, I was in a long-term relationship. So I was doing this podcast in a long-term relationship, having gone through certain things. But I'm, what I say to people, I always say, I'm, I'm just speaking from my own perspective. And I promise you, most people, men especially, are 10% away from me. They're not 100% away from me. They're not maybe exactly me, but they're within a sliding scale of 5% above or 5% of below. 
And you see extreme examples and that's what takes over the conversation a lot. But um, most people are gonna be within similar where I'm at. And, be, and because I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm not making myself out to be a prophet. I'm also like, I have to admit icky things on this podcast. I have to admit that I've been the guy that they're dealing with. And again, and then the other thing is my listenership, the people that follow me are mostly women. And they're looking for a straight male perspective on these things and want to hear like, what's going on in my boyfriend's head? Because men, we generally don't talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's, with, that's with, the, sure. with the TED Talk, going into it, knowing that you weren't doing your act, were you mm-hmm. more nervous going into that? Because I've done stand-up for the past 10 years. And like mm-hmm. when I'm doing something that's not trying to get a laugh, I, I get more nervous for that. And like, if like on the radio, when we were on WAF, that was very loose. Like I was myself on WAF, but like recently I've been doing traffic on New Hampshire radio and I'm like, I feel like such a fraud and I get more nervous to do traffic because I'm like, oh God, they're going to know that I don't know what the roots are because I don't, but (laughs) I mean, you're totally right. Um, And that's like the, you know, we're in the same boat, like all comics, you know, you have to like be okay with the silence because that makes the laugh that much bigger and that much more important. And that's like the hardest part to get over. Like, you know, like nobody's better at silence than Chappelle. Like that's his power is how you, you know, he has the audience and, you know, Michelle Wolf is a good friend of mine and she's one of the best comics in the country. And I've opened for her over a hundred dates. And she's another person. Like when I go to her with a bitch, she's like, are they listening? You know, if they're listening, you're almost there. Like they're interested. It's not like they're on their phone, you know, playing, uh, you know, on TikTok. you know? So it was stressful for me to do this because I, you have to trust. It, it was stressful because I was practicing it at comedy clubs. So I'm practicing it at comedy clubs where people, and so there are laugh lines in it. So I'd start with like an old joke that I wasn't in the set for the Ted talk. Yeah. And then I would get into this set for the TED Talk and you could see like, you know, there'd be the drunk asshole who's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like you could tell, like, I, why is this emotional? You know, like, why is he talking about (laughs) his fears? And I actually, and and what was so interesting about it, and I would go to the comedy cellar in New York, like, and I'd have to go up after like a killer doing like, like every joke, every 10 seconds. And I'm up there going, you know, talking about like, and the title of it is who should pay for the first date. And I talk about who should pay for the first date. And I do think it's funny, but like, it's definitely a different tone uh, than a stand-up bit. And it was funny because afterwards, older women would come up to me and be like, like loved it. And it was always older women. And they'd be with their daughters and the daughters liked it, but the older women were like, because it, it is presenting an old school um, view in a new school perspective, in right. my belief. You know, it's saying, you know, who should pay for the first date is always taken over by the most extreme assholes. And it's like, who should pay for the first date is, you know, is, is such a, and I did, you know, I chose that title for a reason. I wanted it to be divisive. I wanted people to have a strong opinion, but it was so interesting because I'd get done with it and I would be nervous just like you and I'd be like, and I would get off stage and I'd go, well, that sucked. <laughs> like, and then I'd have, you know, these, you know, moms of, 
it, it was definitely, it was always mother daughter and the mother would be like, loved it. Unbelievable. Oh my God. I, you've been, I've been talking about this. Like I, I, you know, I'm, they, they would be like, I'm divorced now. And this is like something I've thought about. And my daughter asked me about this. So it was very cool. But like in, in your head, you were like, I, I bombed. Oh, Cause there's in my head. I, I'm like, uh, that wasn't it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm still, you know, and you know, and you don't know who you're connecting with and yeah. who you're, the, but, the worst time I ever bombed <laughs> pisses my wife off because I'm always like, Oh my God, that's that time sucks so bad but i wasn't doing stand-up because i was opening for lenny clark at giggles comedy club mm -hmm. in saugus but i <laughs> used my act to propose to my wife on stage and oh then, my god well, i proposed to her but it wasn't my act and then and you bombed. i was like fuck i bombed <laughs> like nobody and she was like that wasn't the point and i was like right I right right I <laughs> she's like no this is we're, we're supposed to be the happiest we've ever been i was like me <laughs> but me <laughs> <laughs> oh man meanwhile there's a guy in the back going not funny yeah 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 not funny here's some guy go, i got a large sausage and pepper pizza <laughs> well you're you, supposed you, to be well done you, you say you felt like it didn't work but you were doing a ted talk for an audience in a comedy club you didn't tell right. them right you didn't say no. Hey, I'm gonna try my TED talk out on you because you probably would have gotten something thrown at you at that right. point. And or... you and and you sound like TED talk is such a punchline, you know, like yeah. and welcome yeah. to my TED talk. Yeah. Like I know that I felt stupid telling people <laughs> I was doing a TED talk. How do you think I feel about like people would be like you? Like their reaction to me doing a TED talk was almost the most insulting part. And then <laughs> and then um it, it, you know what it did? It was all about and you know, I've been I I believe in Pratt, you know, I I I, I love stand-up because it takes a lot of work and I love like going in. I love that it's a physical art form. You have to go do it to be good at it. Like, so um, for me, it was nice to have that in my back pocket. Like, oh, I haven't told them. And the laugh lines are working here. If the okay. laugh lines are working at the Comedy Cellar in New York City, they're going to be perfect and wow them at a basketball stadium in Reno, Nevada at a right. TED talk venue. So that was my thought going in. And, and it is amazing. Like, just like you said, like it was so much more comfortable when I was in a room for TED talks because the silence has made sense, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you a question about something that about, because I'm going to ask you a dating question. I don't know okay. if you've, you've gotten these kind of questions before. Um, I've been <laughs> married. I've been married for 25 years. Good all right. You. I'm 54 years old. Okay. So say, and, and, you know, uh, I hope my wife's not listening right now. I'm not, I don't mean this. It's just a hypothetical question, honey. Okay. Um, so say the, the marriage ends and I want to go, <laughs> hypothetically. go hypothetically. And uh, I want to go into the dating world. I'm 54. Okay. I have a fair knowledge of social media at this mm. point. What, what would your advice be? For someone to get back into the dating world a 54 year old guy who had been who'd not been with another woman for like 25 years in a dating situation or a romantic situation you said one thing that i would caution you against oh boy fair knowledge of social media <laughs> I would, uh, uh, that scares me the most old guy on social media out of a divorce here's what men do and okay. what people do generally when they get out of a relationship there's, there's a void, 
one less person to hug, text, call, one less person to tell your stories to. We're all big, tough guys, and we don't talk about our feelings, but men feel that too. You go, I got no one to talk to. So who do you go to? The most friendly person. Sometimes you go back to the person you just came from. A lot of times that's why relationships get back together. They go, well, that's someone who said yes to my naked body before. I'll go to them. <laughs> so you're going to go to the place that you've probably been talking to in a way that you might want people not to know about. The friendliest person to you is the, is the place you're probably going to go towards the most likely. And I would say that would be a mistake and you can only look bad. Um, so I would say to someone, if they were like getting out of a marriage at 54 years old, they're like, I know how to use TikTok. I don't use Twitter. I know how to use Instagram. I would be like, no, you don't in a dating way because you don't know how awful you sound. I would say, get away from social media. Don't do your dating on social media. Have it be the, be in the venue for which it's made. Go on. Um, I would start with hanging out with my family and friends because those are the people that know people that are probably in the same boat as you and looking to meet people, especially if you're over it at this point, um, hang out with family and friends, go to the barbecue, go be uncle, you know, be uncle, you know, whatever at the, you know, be uncle Mike at the family, whatever, and go hang out with them and tell them that you're broken up and let the, let people know, because then they go, Oh my God. And what you're going to find, especially if you're looking for something serious, I don't know what you're looking for at this point in this hypothetical world, but you go, right. they go, you know, we know we love Tracy. And Tracy has been on the dating scene. And that's what people start talking about with you. Then she made the, the potato salad. Apps. Do you like the potato salad? Tracy, right. <laughs> Tracy made that, right. And then at that point, if you want to go on the dating app, now the dating app becomes like a piece of the pie. The worst mistake that I make as a single person is letting the dating app enter into the carousel of Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, email. The minute it gets in that carousel where every time you check your, your social media apps, you also check the dating app, you've gone too far. You're using it like a dating app and you're using it for the same amount of dopamine you get from a like on Instagram. So I, I, we have to be cautious. It's like drinking alcohol. It's like anything else that's a, you know, uh, that, that, that takes up our time. Too much of anything is no good. And that, that these are all, and my last piece of advice, someone new to the dating world who's never been on the apps, never been on social media, just because you're new to dating doesn't mean you're new to social interactions. What people do is because, and this is especially women deal with this more than men because men are usually the ones lying and trying to hook up. But just because you're new to dating doesn't mean you're new to like, that was a weird conversation. That person, I don't know, why won't they make a date? They won't make a date because they don't want a date. Why do they keep texting me? Because they want to keep texting me. That, that's all they needed from me. So just because you're new to dating doesn't mean you're new to feeling what you feel from some social interaction, especially texting online. Yeah, because I can't even imagine what, what, what I, I mean, if, if I was trying to enter the dating world at this point, because it's Slowly, been- I would, it's, I would say slowly <laughs> yeah i i don't even i'd probably like you know pull a kaczynski and build a cabin up in the woods in the white mountains and just start you know i'm close to that myself right now don't get me wrong <laughs> i I'm, I'm 37 and single it's us i talk about it on the uh, on stage a lot and it's you know it's fun frustrating exhausting like you know you do age out of 
you know, I think men especially age out of like the whole game of it all. So you start going, oh, I just want to be on the couch and have someone I can show a, an Instagram post to and be like, don't we hate this person? Like that is something you want to have. And, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're running around, you don't think of that. You're like, oh, whatever. Well, I'm yeah. trying to get my shit off the ground. And Yeah, you but know? in your 30s, you just want somebody to be like, do you get Wordle yet? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. It's just like I I just feel like I'd be I would try like if it happened and all of a sudden I'm like in a bar or something and I'd be looking around and it's just I would be like I I just don't feel like I've time for this. Right. Well, that's right. You, you have bars in Worcester. I mean Well, hey, Worcester's got a lot of a lot of Worcester's great places got, to meet singles. Here's okay. the thing, I travel around the country, you know, like Worcester's like one of those towns where it's like you, and when people go out, they go out. Like you know where to go at least. Yeah, like oh, there's yeah. only there's only one spot to yeah. go. It's not like New York City where there's you know an infinite amount of bars. Right. You know, you, you'll never go to all the bars in New York City, you know, in a no. lifetime. And if you yeah. do, you got a real issue. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, another thing I want to mention is uh, I'm fascinated with the whole board lord thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Because I kind of feel on. I kind of feel the same way about oh there he is oh, <laughs> oh look at that they put on yeah. the crown yeah they put on the crown the board lord right board here lord is in the house your lordship yeah yes. I, the, the the butter you know the cream cheese board i can live with i can get behind that or maybe or maybe like a uh you know a cheese whiz board or something like that but Mike, i kind of agree with you on the butter board let me let me just say <laughs> i would eat all of these boards you know, the mis the, the I'm I'm such a misunderstood artist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your lordship. Yeah. I'm, I say this with a king's crown on my head that I right. do ninety nine. A, a, bur a Burger a, King's crown. A Burger King's crown. <laughs> As an artist, I get so misunderstood. One day, long after my death, people go, "Oh, we get the board lord thing." It's never about what I eat it. That's never what it's about. Because I'm a big fat fucking pig. I'll eat anything. Here's the thing. It's what does the board say about the person who made it? The idea that you put cream cheese out, you spread it on a board, which first of all, your wood takes in yes. the thing that is put on it. Like wood, wood. I, I'm not even a woodworker and I know this shit. I right. live in fucking New York City. <laughs> wood will be will taste like chai forever unless you do like the proper washing that you have to do but beyond that the person is now ruining a board that's whatever the board is and spreading cream cheese on it something nobody asked for nobody asked for and then sprinkling all the things that you would want to put on yourself and have uh, first of all we live in a democracy they've turned this into a dictatorship they've told you what will go on the cream cheese they they put it on for you what would you rather would you rather show up to a you know uh, you, you're at the patriots gate you go to the tailgate you set up a tailgate one tailgate has a board where they've put out cream cheese on the board and spread on it little bits of salmon and little bits of capers or would you like a big table that has a big bucket of bagels, hot and fresh, six types of cream cheese in their own containers with a knife in it, then huge spread of locks, 
huge spread of tomatoes, huge spread of uh, onion. One person cared about posting on Instagram and getting likes. The other person cared about the, the, the people who attended their party having an enjoyable time. That's my problem with the boards. The boards are made, and it's a millennial thing. I'm a millennial. We love, we love low, um, we like things that take not a lot of work and get a ton of praise. And there is nothing that takes, you don't need a college education to make a charcuterie board. You don't, <laughs> charcuterie boards are like babies. Anyone can make one and everyone has a picture of the one they made on their phones. So when someone says I have a kid, I don't think higher of them. I just go, oh, you fucked and you went through it. <laughs> when someone makes a board, I go, oh, okay. You took some old shit and you zhuzhed it up to look good on social media. So when I yell at a board, when I get offended by a board, <laughs> as the board lord, I'm offended by what their priorities were as a board maker. Not to say they can't be great. They can be. Not to say I wouldn't eat it. It's how little they thought of their good friends and family. You showed up. You skipped lunch to go to their event. You said, oh, no, they're putting out food. And then the first thing they put out it has a, there's a pumpkin gourd that you can't even eat. It's taking up real estate. Yeah. It's offensive. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you're basically saying charcuterie boards, cream cheese boards, butter board, they're fascist. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think yeah. that's exactly what I'm saying. So okay. someone so who calls good. himself a board Lord right. is calling somebody else fascist. That's right. Isn't that a isn't... Benevolent dictator. Right. Some monarch. Right. Is calling somebody who has the right. ultimate say in everything. Listen, God's given right as a monarch is calling we somebody celebrated else the magic. queen's death. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what bugs me about those boards is the boards themselves because my mm. in-laws use this fancy board. It's it's a rock and it comes out of a bag, and it, I'm I'm like that just looks like a patio slab from Lowe's. It's so I could crazy. get that for 90 right. cents per square foot. <laughs> We've gotten out of our minds. I've been sent so many boards at this point because of this fucking bit. Like it started. Oh, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it started. I love it. 20, 2019, summer, fall-ish 2019, I tweeted, I can tell what type of parent you'd be by your charcuterie board. And then people started sending me their pictures of their charcuterie boards. And I didn't even know that was something you'd have on your phone. Then- it became this trend during the pandemic. Everyone was making the, you know, the boards. And then it turned into like theme boards. I, I it is the gift that keeps on smacking me in the face and <laughs> reminding, like I, I have been sent so many cream cheese boards, so many butter boards. It is actually the craziest thing that's it is, ever it, happened. But it's so funny and I'm just fascinated yeah. by it. Well, it lives in the land of things I like talking about most where I'm allowed to have an opinion. It's hard to find a space where you're allowed to have an opinion. Like I'm talking about a certain person with the boards, but everyone knows the person I'm talking about. Yeah. I couldn't just run into someone and go, this is the type of person I'm talking about. It takes the board to bring me into that world, to be able to show my honest opinion. Same with dating questions. Same with the bachelor. I watch the bachelor. I talk about dating and relationships from that. I can, you know, we have to understand sometimes we're not invited to give our opinion. People don't understand that. And you have to create situations as a comedian where you go, well, uh, here's why I'm talking about this, either by making it very personal, 
You know, like you got to find a way to make it personal. And, you know, you can't just go men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's like it's like Josh mentions. It's like calling up and arguing about sports. Right. It's a <laughs> Who are it's you? a charcuterie board. <laughs> Nobody died, really. Right. So right. I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this. Have you? So when it gets you... sent to me, right? When it gets sent to me, I get oh okay. Someone's yeah. Alley oop me. I got yeah. To they're throwing they're you... throwing it to you right, <laughs> right now. It's the ball's in your court. The board's right. in your court. You know, and what, then what's, I put on my take? king's crown. That's right. That's <laughs> so now, now, have you signed a charcuterie board before? I I, I tried to do them as merch. Didn't work. No one. No. <laughs> um, because like I've seen Brian Reagan sign multiple boxes of Pop-Tarts. But <laughs> well, this, is the, this is the thing. I, I, I need to write my my hot pockets pop tarts this this is the thing that i is waiting for me to pen you know this yeah. is, as an artist right <laughs> yeah have you seen has anybody sent you a fry board yet the fry board pisses me off because <laughs> really I, you want cold fries you want cold okay they'll, fries. they'll get cold no i get it they'll get cold quick. you, you got to be first a, in line you got to be first in line you got to be you got to be at the store when they when they buy them because they don't just do the fry boards from the oven. They do them from like McDonald's and they do them from like all the different. Yeah. That's it, yeah. the fry board. Unless we find the technology, I don't know if we're there yet as a society to make a board that also heats and keeps things crisp. But I don't think we're there yet. That's what we need. We need a fry board that heats, keeps things crisp is a right. lightsaber and a flashlight all in one <laughs> call the we need call the scientists call the epidemiologists get them off of cancer right tell them we got a more important shit to do this has got to be done absolutely right. <laughs> um well I, we really appreciate you taking the time with us today jared thank yeah, you so much i've never talked to a ted talk person before well <laughs> ted talk x so it's not really espn it's espn no. 2 right but still it's cool well, it's really fox sports 2 Right. Also, also, I don't think we've we've ever had another um, person on this podcast that also watches The Bachelor and Bachelorette like me. No, you like. Oh my god! This this started out as like a hockey podcast, but for some reason, my first guest ever was Caitlin Briscoe. (laughs) Caitlin, really? And Sean B together. I mean, those two are like batch. Like those are big gets. Yes, and that was like that was right after that show like finished too. I, wow. I don't know how I got them, but they said yes. I met them at their hotel in Boston, and I was unbelievable. Like, well, there. <laughs> does that still get listens? It does. Yeah, that's I, I would like imagine one of the highest rated episodes ever. I can't. I can imagine. I I, I see the WAF signs in the background. Yes, so that's you guys were up. with AAF. I used to listen to that growing up. Yeah, so well, I wanted to ask you that because I didn't really read it anywhere. Where Where did you grow up? Needham. Oh no way. Okay. Yeah. I'm from Needham. I went to Needham High. Um, it's funny. I heard I heard a song on Spotify, or I heard a song just in you hear a song, you know, and it hit me in such a way that I was like, this reminded me of being in the car in high school with my buddies, like fucking around. And I was like, what is this? You know, you know, you get pinged. You get, you get a little. Oh yeah. Pang. Yeah. And I go what the fuck is this? And I go, oh man, it reminds me of WAF. So I went on Spotify and I just searched WAF and there are playlists that exist out there that are like songs that you would hear on oh, that wow. station. 
I got to tell you, if you guys, if, if the listeners, if you guys ever want to have like just a nostalgia masturbation session, <laughs> every, every song, and it is, I never thought of it then that they like repeated a lot of the same music. Like it was a specific type of tune. Cause I'm oh, not yeah. a music guy. I'm not a music fan. I mean, I, I'm not a crazy person. I like music, but I'm not, ne- I've never, I I'm, I'm a pig with music. I have no taste. And I just like what I hear. And well, that's that's what it's for. You, you know, people always say that. It's like, well, I'm not really, I don't, you know, right. I don't like cool stuff. It's like, no, you like what you like. I mean, it's like, right. you know, that's that's what music is. The music is like beer or food. You know, you I, like what you like. And the next guy will say, well, that sucks. But then the next guy will say, this is my favorite song. So, true. you know. I, I guess I, I see it, you know, I guess I'm trying to ward off someone who like put time and effort into like knowing the band and feeling like they're like the rookie card holder. Like I understand that feeling and someone jumping into your world. I get that. Um, I don't know. I, uh, but I, I, when I heard that music, I was like the whole playlist, I have it right here. It's just like, Oh my God. Like, I can't, I can't believe how much I felt like a, a big comfy coat being put on. You know? <laughs> what, 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 what are some of those like artists or songs? I, I, this is how I, this is back to me being an idiot who doesn't really, you know, take music seriously. Well, you, you said that uh, thing. It's like you're, you're entering someone's world who put in the time to learn about the band and stuff like that. Like I'm that person, like I'm a total right, music, so, you know, fanatic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, that. It's like, well, I heard of them first. And then right. as I got older, I'm like, wow, I'm a real dick about this. You know, it's like, <laughs> people I'm, just like what they like. <laughs> You know, and I'm so, more right, like Jared. I'm more like right. Jared. And I was on WAF. And right. Yeah. So, thing and I'd be like, who is that? You know, like, right. on this. if anything, Rush, I'm encouraging. Black, them. I'm like, oh, you know, what is it? Rush, Black Sabbath. Sh- oh, yeah. Uh, Shine Down. Shine uh, Down. Bruce Springsteen, Stone Temple Pilots, Incubus, Foo Fighters, Stained, Alice in Chains, Buck Cherry, Lit, oh, yeah. Third Eye Blind Eye, Eve Six. Like these all like, oh, yeah. you know, I they feel like I'm are, hung over on 20 Guest Street in Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah man right. yeah all those bands right so yeah. it's just and it's funny because like you know you know uh the the depressing and amazing part of the internet is finding out how, how truly alike you are from other people like it's depressing because you're like oh that wasn't my own it wasn't that interesting but it is also beautiful because then you talk to people like you guys and you, you guys are probably having the same, like, Oh, I remember you, you and I, we are all in the same wavelength right now, you know, like, yeah. and you know, the, the, it's, it's pretty um, interesting. Like I, I, cause I come home from time to time. Now my parents moved out of town. My parents don't live in Needham anymore. They moved down to, they did like the Jewish Boca thing <laughs> and they, um, so I'm coming to Boston in November. So I don't get back a lot now, you know, and right. you don't. So, but then, you know, this is what depresses me about streaming services is like, you lose like 1-800-54-GIANT. You lose, <laughs> you know, like one in Saugus. Right, one, yeah, yep. Come on yeah. down. Yeah. Come, come on, on down. down. Bernie yep. and Phil. Oh, Quality, yeah. comfort and price. Oh, that's, that's right. Nice. Like, I, like yeah. we all, but we're losing that. Like I, I, you know, I love cable television. Like I, that's how I grew up and that's probably why I love it. But like, it, it tells me what time of the day it is. Like I know when I see PTIs on 5.30 and then I, I dread, um, I don't dread it, but like, 
you know, and this has been talked about by people smarter than me, but I, and I'm not an original on this one, but I'm just like, you just go, oh man, like, are people from Boston going to be the same as people from Texas 30 years from now? Like, this is how, you know, this is, will we study the moment we went from cable to streaming as a moment where Bernie and Phil, you know, yeah. jingle got lost. It was just a relic. I don't know. Went from Bernie and Phil to Blue Chew. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. To, to some, to us on a podcast going, yeah. you know, it gets me hard, you know, like. <laughs> and better help. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, well, that was the, the you know, before the 90s, anyway, before court of the corporate, ta big corporate takeover. That's what radio is. And it is in still some places like here in Worcester, the station I work at. They, they tell us to focus on local, 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 Worcester, right. Worcester, Worcester. And that's what a, a radio station, wherever it may be, whether it's Boston or Des Moines or L.A. or mm. whatever, it should sound like that community because it's that I, community's airwaves. Technically, right. they own that. Air, they own those airwaves and it should be providing information and entertainment for and from that community. Right. I, yeah. And it's it, because, you know, when I go on the road, sometimes you go on radio, sometimes you don't. The, the radio appearances are going away. You can feel it. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's certain places when it when when the radio matters, it is so awesome. The shows are better. You know, DVE yeah. and, and uh, D, the DVE morning crew. In Pittsburgh? There, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, still a great station. Great station. And Randy Bauman and those guys. I went on. I got introduced through a friend from college who knew them, but like, you know, as I got into comedy and I got the chance to go in when I went to Pittsburgh, I think in the spring and I did shows there for the weekend and like people showed up and they were great audience because, you know, there was that, like you're saying, there was like a respect of like, well, my guy told me to go see this guy. You were almost mm -hmm. fixed up with them and you got a chance to go on the radio and talk about the day's news. And it wasn't like, you know, I, 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 I yearn for that. Cause I, love talk i do seven thousand podcasts a week so like i you know and i loved listening to talk radio when i was in high school my whole life you know my dad listened to talk radio i, would, I went to eddie Andelman's hot dog safari you know, <laughs> right like yes. i i you know i i did all that shit so i it, it, and but not even realizing it was a thing you know like yeah. it wasn't i didn't think of it as like a different thing you know yeah it got it. It's like you know. It's I always say it's the lawyers and consultants that kind of ruined that part of radio, where you had a now it's like you have a vice president of rock programming that works yeah. in Seattle, right. you know, and and he's approving what gets played on stations all over the country. And you know, as someone from the Boston area, you know, people in the Boston area are nothing like people in Seattle. You know, you mentioned not earlier, even a right. Little you mentioned earlier, nobody asked for anybody's opinion. Well, when you come to Massachusetts specifically, <laughs> you're going to get it, whether you fucking want it or not, you know, they don't, like, we don't care. Right. So it's like, yeah. And then Seattle, right. no, not so much or Pittsburgh or, you know, wherever. Right. So you, everyone yeah. in Boston is a ball buster. I'll never oh, forget yeah. my, you know, my dad grew up uh, in Newton um, of course, cause I mentioned I'm Jewish. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> my my grandparents lived there my whole life. I brought I did stand up. I was like my second year in the stand up, and I'm opening for just like you said, like you opening for Lenny Clark. I can't believe you proposed to your wife 
opening for Lenny. Like that's hilarious because it's like because <laughs> everyone's like, when does Lenny come on? Like when does my best friend Lenny come on? Like it I, is like <laughs> we just saw Tony V. Now this right and 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 they're just like they're killers and the most beloved and like everyone knows them. Like even the you know you know when you meet Lenny Clark, he's your you're like oh my god this is like. I, I would consider him a friend. Like Lenny and I have hung up. I would be like, I love Lenny. Like everyone has yeah. that opinion. So like when you open for him, they're like, get at it. Come on. I want to see my buddy. You know, like, and you're like, um, I love you. You're holding the ring up. <laughs> There's a guy in the back. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh God. Marry Lenny. You know, like, so, do this so, at the Kowloon. Right, right, right. I'll have two wonton soups. Um, there's no crackers for the wonton soup. So I, so, but I'll never forget. I open for Steve Sweeney. Same thing. People are like, get out of the way. We wanted Steve Sweeney. Right. And yeah. my grandmother was there. And like, just everyone from Boston is a ball buster. Like everyone. And my grandmother used to bring nips with her wherever she went. And she'd pour her own drink. And then she got caught. And then the owner came to me and was like, hey, um, your grandmother is pouring her own drinks. And I go, what? And I'm like, Yo, you know, begging for stage time. I'm like, she's yeah. what? And they're like, she's pouring. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I go up to her and she was like, and I was like, Nana, you got to stop pouring. Nana. Nana, cut it out. You know, like, and, and she goes, what? What? And I go, they saw you. I'll buy your drink. Just stop. And she's like, she go, she was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And then like, oh, and then she, and then I go, and then she goes, and when you go on, and then she like changes the conversation. She looks at me and she goes, and when you go on stage, take off that stupid fucking hat. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, this is, I couldn't write this material. And it's like, that's my grandmother. This is like, you know, like everyone's like that in New England. Everyone's oh, yeah. like I, I moved down to um, Richmond, Virginia, and I lived there through most of the 90s. And when I, mm -hmm. when I first moved down there, um, I was in my early 20s, and I remember walking down the street and people, if you made eye contact with somebody, they'd be like, how you doing? Right. And it's just like, and I remember just going like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, just, they're legitimately trying to be nice, Yeah. right? And I'm just like, what do you want? You know, or what are you looking at? Right. Yeah, just right. saying What's, hi, buddy. Relax. What? You know. What? Yeah. What? It, I, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it's a little weird, and it's it, and it is very much, you know, a New England Northeast thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was like that was like a uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. That's where I went for my honeymoon, and the whole mm. week we were down there, like people would like ask you how you are, and they cared about your answer. And I was, <laughs> what do you what do you want from me? I was. Like, <laughs> yeah, Josh really something. knows how to make something romantic I just like i'm <laughs> i'm gonna propose during my bombing set in front of lenny clark at giggles yeah at giggles in saugus on order one. their pizza and <laughs> old i was i didn't bomb but I did. <laughs> and then let's go to wonderful willingington delaware for that i love it i love it <laughs> there's some nice smokestacks there that we can look at and <laughs> I love it. Man. Well, Jared, thanks so much, man. We Thank appreciate you both. it. This is so nice. November 12th at the Wilbur Theater. And um, 
where can people uh you want to give out your uh your podcast again it's um there's i got seven thousand i never shut up um <laughs> we want all of them <laughs> the you up podcast is the one that people know the most the j train podcast i have if you like comedy like i have different comics on every episode um and i do a thing called the luxury lounge where people write in with their complaints and we complain with them so it's like a free it's a like a free space to complain about anything you'd like oh so it's anything it's not like your podcast or or it's just it's any like i want to call up and say you know i hate it when people like you know hold up the express line with more than 15 items that kind of absolutely that type of stuff like and it had it only started because during the pandemic you were only allowed to complain about the pandemic and then if you were like well i also like you know you know i also there wasn't any like soup crackers that came with my wonton soup they'd be like <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about there's a global pandemic and it's like well now you can come into the luxury lounge you can complain here and you will uh you get the uh it's a safe space so it's the j train podcast you do we do it every uh, monday and thursday and then i also have the bachelor podcast which is a ba uh, bachelor podcast and then um yeah, just at Jared Jesus. Freed on Instagram. Yeah, I never shut up. I told you. Wow. Um, at where, Jared Freed on Instagram. Where where can people um, send their uh, boards to the board uh, lord? Do they have to go try. to the grand? Do they have to go through the grand vizier to the board lord first, and he has to approve that? And then... I, I wish I had that. I to, to be honest, I could send so many now that it's like getting a little crazy. Um, send it to my Instagram at Jared Freed. I see all the DMS and stuff. And okay. then, um, yeah, I'm going to be at the Wilbur. I I'm so excited to come. So get the group chat, whoever you fucking ball bust with and bring it. <laughs> now will the crown be making the trip to Boston? I, I, I'm hoping there's a, you know, I can buy a crown there. I got, you can see one of the things is falling off. So I gotta, oh, well, do Burger King, dude, go to Burger gonna, King, get a Whopper, gonna, ask for a crown. Gotta go, gotta go talk to my fellow Royals. Yeah, hi. I'm in my 30s. I need a crown. <laughs> I think there's a yell at me. I think there's an eye party like right next to Primark in downtown Boston. So oh, there you go. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, there you go. go. You're all set. You can probably get a crown and a and a, and a wand or a whatever and, and a cape <laughs> and a uh, and a starlight or a, a lightsaber pocket pussy. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's one of those somewhere in what's left of the combat zone over there. And some nips for your nana. So you right. Yeah, get nips for She's nana. She's dead, but we'll, oh, you know, sorry. Nips. Way to go, Josh. <laughs> way to open that wound. Good nope. ending. Good job. Way to end. Way to end the interview. Yeah. Way end strong. Yeah, just like my proposal. Just like your I'm set good. of giggles. Ending strong. <laughs> right. All right, Jared. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, we'll Thank see you at the both. Wilbur November 12th. We appreciate it. Love it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh yeah, anytime, man. Thank you.